Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm so proud that you decided to come in and give us a listen. Um, At the very top of the podcast, I would like to um, give out the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. That is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. That is the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. If you're in any kind of trouble, if you're needing an advocate, I mean, if you're in immediate danger, I suggest to get into a safe place, do your safety plan, and then contact someone local, like your sheriff's department, but but make sure that you're in a safe place. But by all means, do not listen to this podcast if you're in um, a situation where it's volatile and that you are in danger. Let me get that out there. And if you, for some reason, cannot get through the hotline um, number, please reach out to all of your hotline numbers statewide. You have a crisis number in every state of um, the country and then outside of the country. There should be a crisis line that you can call for help. Also, you can go to domesticshelters.org if you're looking for information out there to get in touch with your local shelters. Uh, Type in maybe the shelter where you're needing help at. And then um, there's also tabs that you can donate to your shelter. Um, There's so many different informations that you can like press a button to domesticshelters.org and get help. Uh, So today's podcast, I have the wonderful Ashley Rumschlag. I hope I said her name right. And good. And Caroline Markle Hammond. Now, I'm going to let these two ladies kind of take over the platform today and talk about what they're actually doing now um, as, you know, they're working together as a team and then their own individualized what they do in this um, this work. So go ahead, ladies. <laughs> well, thank you, Missy. I, I think that we are, are two people that could probably take over several hours just talking about all, all things domestic violence and the work that we're doing, but um, Car- Carolyn, I think we'll, we'll try to keep it as succinct as possible, right? Exactly. We will try. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and let you go first, Ashley. Okay, fantastic. Well, I, yeah, I'd love to share, uh, well, first off, thank you, Missy, for always mentioning domesticshelters.org. Like you said, yes, it's a great space for people to go when they don't know where to turn. It's a great space to understand and, and educate themselves on, you know, what domestic violence is, but also that kind of action piece of being able to find out where their local uh, program is. Um, so to introduce myself a little bit, so I'm the, the CEO and president of the Teresa's Fund, uh, the 501c3 that operates domesticshelters.org. And um, yeah, like I said, we, we are really focused on the education space as well as, um, you know, the, the action space where we can help people connect with their local resources, which um, I'll keep that, keep it to that and, and kind of share that that's really um, the reason why Carolyn and I are both on this call today, because we both really believe in this this understanding of domestic violence and how important that is to to helping people, um, you know, recognize, escape, and heal from abuse. So, Carolyn, if you want to take it over from there and, and share more about you, you as well. Sure, sure. Thank you. I'm Carolyn Marple Hammond, and I am the founder and CEO of Safe in harm's way.org. Now, Safe in harm's way.org plays in that arena where people are maybe just discovering that what they might be in in a relationship 
just doesn't feel good. And we know that feelings are aligned with the hallmark signs of violence, whether it's emotional, physical, verbal, financial, sexual, all of it. And so we work with partners across the country, actually been around the world, to provide the resources, the community, sharing the stories. And where do you go next once you've had this light bulb moment of my relationship isn't healthy and I need help. So we provide those services and then we connect people with different organizations that allow them to seek the health and safety they need. But also we have trauma-informed yoga that people can do online in English and Spanish. And we have the ability for people to get into group counseling and therapy within a week and we and that's all online and we have different resources we use for people who are navigating domestic violence and the associated after of custody and court issues that always come with with those kinds of relationships so that's where safeandharmsway.org plays and we're big 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 on collaboration and i think that's why Misty, your kindness in letting us on today is so vital because Ashley and I and how we operate our different organizations within the overall field of domestic violence is far, far, far different than the norm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's one of the, the really neat things about, you know, what we have to, to share about what we've been working on today is this idea that, you know, we kind of came together in a moment when, um, you know, we just saw an opportunity and without putting, you know, each organization in a sense of, of trying to promote what we're doing, we're trying to say, okay, well, what are we doing together? How can we promote, um, you know, this information about domestic violence in a way that, um, you know, kind of in a selfless way, I don't know how to say the best word for it maybe, but just more so of like, it doesn't really matter whose organization comes out ahead or, you know, we're all just kind of in this together. So. Um, we, we kind of came together at a time when, um, you know, we just wanted to, to do something good. Exactly. And, and the choice to come together is done with thoughtful leadership. Ashley and I are really intentional about touching base with each other and representing both our organizations individually. But then how do we come together? And are the teams that each of us bring to the equation integrated? Are we are we honoring each other's policies? Are we having conversations that are inclusive with each organization? And Ashley and I work really hard to make that happen and ensure that everybody's voice is heard and that ensure that we're still aligned with each of the different organizations' message and mission. And that's one of the things I love about us. I think, Ashley, I'll say this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and you're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> One of the beautiful things about Ashley and I, when we work on projects together, is I am the I am a big, big overall thinker, and and I can spit out information. And Ashley is very also with big ideas, but she's also very strategic in how she puts the words together. So when we're on a call together. We will be documenting things, each of us, and picking up on the nuances that the other, that each each of us have naturally as leaders, but then we can flesh out the soft spots where somebody else needs to rise a little bit. And that's, that's what I love about us. Am I taking that right, Ashley? I think you, I love the way that you can conceptualize, conceptualize what is actually happening. So I'm, I'm loving hearing, hearing the way you, you say that, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm excited to share what this partnership is. I don't want to get too 
much ahead of, of the conversation and, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, forfeit any time that could be spent sharing how we got to this point. But what do you think? Should we share a little bit more about the last time? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, kick us off because that's okay. For now. Fantastic. So, uh, Missy, as you may be aware, um, so the, the partnership kind of started off with this campaign called The Last I'm Sorry, um, but that was the labor of almost, I mean, I would say several years of, of work kind of leading up to it. Um, Carolyn reached out to me um, a few years back and kind of shared this opportunity that she had to um, and take advantage of and it, it used to grow safe and harm's way through a, a national billboard campaign. Um, through OAAA, which is the out of out of home. Oh gosh, <laughs> help me out here, here. Yeah, out of home advertising association. I got there and then I, I started. To I know, I know. It's OAAA. Yeah. <laughs> and then yes, but anyway, so she has this wonderful relationship, and so she kind of reached out to domestic shelters that are knowing the work that we were doing it in the space and, and our kind of nas- national reach um, and shared, shared this wonderful opportunity. And uh, at the same time, uh, Domestic Shelters at Oregon had been working with a, a wonderful um, uh, ad agency out of New York called Neon on IPG Health, IPHG, oh my gosh, Carolyn, help me out here. You're ready to tell Yeah, it's IPG Health, IPG Thank Health. Thank you. Yeah, IPG- I- international organization umbrella of about 23 companies and neon who is our partner in the pr world um is who we've worked with yes and so we've been working with neon for for many years on a, a separate campaign and so when she came to me with this idea i said i have the team that has the drive and has the the desire to do this work and so um coming together with a fantastic group of of um advertising professionals who were able to take this idea of what if we, what what is the best messaging to put forward to um, a broader audience visually and you know verbally and, and um, you know kind of put, put things into a short and specific message and so we kind of all came together and brainstormed um, right now we have four campaigns in the works uh, two of which have been uh, live uh, in some pretty major spaces um, Two of them have been in in Times Square in New York, which has been fantastic to get those that fantastic uh, visibility there. So um, that's that's kind of the, the beginnings of the campaign. Carolyn, do you want to kind of share a little bit more about um, you know what the campaign actually is? Um, I'd love to hear, hear you share that. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. One of the ways that Ashley and I came together with our teams is deciding that you would not see in these campaigns, a bruised and battered person. You won't. What we decided, and and the first campaign can still be accessed and reached, and it is called thelastimesorry.com. Reflective of all those moments in the evolution of of an abusive relationship where something horrific happens and the abuser says, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I will change, I will change, and you get flowers or a teddy bear or candy. And then it happens again and the abuser says, oh my God, Oh, I, oh, I love you so much. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll change. I'll change. And maybe this time you get a nice dinner out and a bouquet of flowers. And that just keeps repeating over and over again. So the beauty of the images shows a state of varying decayed flowers and teddy bears and half-eaten candy on the side of an eye table that shows the evolution of all of those sorries, all of those gifts that were given and 
behavior never changed. And in fact, it got worse. And so the last I'm sorry.com, when you go to it, is the first and only innovative campaign, all done online, that specifically addresses the needs of men because what we also know in the field of domestic violence is that there's long waits on the hotline and the hotline is still a great place to call but there are long waits at shelters there oftentimes might be no room so how do we give resources that are immediate and actionable for someone when the dynamics of abuse mean that that people are overworked, things are overfilled, and there might have to be a way. So how do we fuel people, keep them safe, not only themselves, but their children and their pets too, in a way that gets them aware and moving forward in finding the health and healing that is vital for their safety. So that's what the last I'm sorry.com started out. And we extended that in to the next campaign, which was um, feeling dash, and when I say dash, I mean actual the symbol for a dash. Sorry, I'm sorry, small. Can I take a drink? Feeling-small.com. Feeling-small.com. Look at the nuances. Again, <laughs> in highly visualized, beautiful artwork where people can recognize in themselves the dynamics of domestic violence. So you'll actually see a man and a woman at dinner, and as the man grows bigger and angrier and more fierce looking, the woman gets smaller and actually starts to drink. <coughs> Excuse me, shrink. I actually want to talk to you with my throat here. Yeah, I'm gonna jump right in here, yes. So yeah, the imagery is is quite powerful. It's this idea of like like uh Carolina said, the uh, you know, a woman and a man sitting at a table and just you see the power dynamics without having any physical um, violence being showed um, because that's one of the other things you know, we talked about the idea of not showing bruises and not showing um, kind of those stereotypical battered woman um, images that help people um, and I'll say help because it helps them to reason the way out of it and to say, well, that's not me. And so by showing these kind of more nuanced images, it really puts people in a mindset that they can say, you know, yeah, that is me. Like, yeah, I do see myself in this. So yeah, using the imagery of that um, kind of larger looming, you know, figure that the man at the table and then the woman, you kind of just, you see her almost, sh- you know, shrinking in just the imagery um, really helps to put put across the sense of like how someone feels um versus you know any actions or things that are happening so really that's that's the, the centerpiece of that campaign is just to show the feeling of, of what it feels like to be abused um and and at the same time never saying the word domestic violence or abuse um i think that that's really really key yeah and that campaign is just never we never say abuse we never say uh domestic violence uh you know intimate partner violence all those the various terms um that um you know are somewhat of a um are hard for people to connect with because what they're feeling is they're feeling confused they're feeling scared they're feeling um you know just 
what are some other feelings? Carolyn, help me out here. <laughs> I keep living there. Yeah, they're just, they're feeling. Go ahead. of what um, we always, at, at sacredharmsway.org, we're talking about sadness, worry, eyes, fear, screaming, and pain. Yeah. Me and all the work we do as survivors, and Ashley, you and I have talked about it. I know this is what you experience at domesticshelters.org as well. Is people will never, they'll all, they'll, they'll not identify as being abused. They'll say, I didn't, I didn't even know I was being abused. That certainly was my story. I knew, but I sure could tell you how fearful I was that when he would come home. And I tell you that, that, you know, the pain of what it felt like to be thrown against a wall, but that hurt. I could tell you all the time how I wondered if he was lying to me. And I never, ever in all of that would have raised my hand to say I was being abused. And so when we talk about feelings and we show these feelings in imagery, we do it so people have those light bulb moments of, oh, well, wait a minute, this is, this, this is what I feel like in my relationship. And then they can go on to find the epiphany moments of, oh, well, there's help for this. Oh, well, I, I shouldn't have to put up with this. Oh, just because he hasn't hit me doesn't mean it's, it isn't abuse. And, and I, I, I tell you when, as a survivor, and, and I escaped, it'll be seven years in March, there's nothing that pains me more when I get a text or a call or an email that says, he calls me the most horrific names, but he's never hit me. Is that, is that abuse? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yes. And, and right now we're using a female pronoun, but we are, we are, we know that abuse affects men. We also know that, that abuse affects people whose gender might be a little bit more fluid. Um, we know that dynamics of those instances are, are different across the board. And so I don't want anybody to miss this message who would be listening to your podcast missing and think, well, they're only talking about women, women, because if you look at the last I'm sorry.com or you look at feeling dash small.com, we address everybody in those dynamics and it's meant truly to drive an emotional reaction that seeks awareness and then allows people to identify what is going on and what's happening. Very well put. I think that, yeah, that's exactly what, what the goal of the campaign is. And uh, just to kind of echo what you're saying about, um, you know, people that don't, you didn't use the term abuse until much later. Misty, I know you share your story a lot on this podcast, but when we spoke, um, you know, a little less than a year ago, um, when you interviewed me the first time, I don't, I learned that about your story too, right? You, you, you didn't realize what you were experiencing with abuse until many years later. Right. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, until I started watching like documentaries and I think I had actually watched Kit Gurrell's you know, private violence, and she was in that as an advocate, and then, I mean, I knew before then that it was called domestic violence, and then that was what I actually experienced, but I didn't really know the magnitude, and, and, um, and, and no, during that time, I did not know that's what that was, so it was many years after the fact that I had actually heard that, those words um, spoken, you know, and so as a, a full-time advocate now, um, I deal with, with so many different things, so many different things, and I could probably talk about it for days. Um, but, you know, um, emotional abuse is as bad as physical, you know. And I think when I've told my story, even 
to have ladies who just went through the emotional stuff, right? Or they've been uh, stalked, you know, he stalked me and he's, he will not leave me alone. He's doing this, he's doing that. And, and I've heard them say, but I was never physically hit. And my voice comes back as that does not matter. It's still a form of abuse. Let me get the control wheel. Let me get the wheel of power and control in front of you. And let's go over all of the different types of abuse. So if you can pick one of those out, you're going through domestic violence. Yep. You're going yeah, through that's, that's yeah. really the, the goal of this campaign and this collaboration. I know that that first conversation that Carolyn and I had, mm-hmm. we walked away with just like, like better focus on this idea of what if people could just much earlier use the word domestic violence in their situation and fully recognize and um, I don't want to say own it because it's not theirs to own but just like know that that's their experience because that's like the key to access all of those resources right once you can say I'm experiencing domestic violence it just opens up this world of like now I have the language now I can you know find the resources understand what safety planning is all of these things but until that point you know, we obviously we work really hard, um, you know, specifically at domestic shelters at Oregon. I know Safe and Harm's Way does as well to use other words to help people to still be able to navigate that space and to, to plug into those resources. But it's just, it's a game changer once you can kind of say, domestic violence, this is what I need. These are the resources I, sh- I should be using. Here's the knowledge, the framework of how to stay safe that I can tap into. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a game changer, right? Once you can use that, that word. Definitely. It is, and it's, it's a game changer, I think, for friends and family too, because we're realizing over at Safe and Harm's Way how much um, that family needs to be it. And that's where I draw the analogy in our action, Ashley, and, is, you know, we decided Safe and Harm's Way had a relationship with out-of-home people, so every billboard across the country, and and DomesticShelters.org has a relationship with NEON. If you think of the out-of-home and billboards across the country, it's the one way that an abuser cannot issue power and control for someone. They cannot control what someone sees when they're driving. They cannot control what their what their friendship, what their it's not friendship, but what their their target, what their prey is seeing when you're at a gas station pumping gas and they, uh, there's a video screen that shows our campaign. They can't control what someone sees when they're riding an elevator in their office building. And these are all the places that, that our campaigns have been, including the biggest billboards of all in Times Square and Union State and train stations across the country. But it allows family and friends of the broader dialogue. Because when we work with families, there was there was a few families we worked with maybe about two years ago and I remember um, this this young woman was probably at, at the most at risk. If you looked at every risk factor that she had in her relationship, she was at the most risk of being killed. And this was, this was probably about two years ago and I remember we were having a call with um, with her family members because everybody wanted to to have an all hands in call like how do we help her and I believe it was her uncle said 
Well, I mean, I know she's been coming home with bruises for a while. I think she just, I mean, she's always been clumsy. So even family members don't want to acknowledge what could be happening to their loved one. Because it's easier to divert and say, that person is so amazing. She's so strong. She's so fiercely intelligent. She loves everybody. She would never tolerate that. And the reality, it's those things about a person that makes them stay in a relationship because they know or feel they can fix it. The reality is there is nothing to fix. The reality is this abuse is happening from an abuser purposefully and intentional. And so when the family needs to get on board to, to help fuel the person they love into the realization that what they're living with is toxic and they don't have to, and there is, a, there is support there, these billboards create awareness for everyone, even the community, to have conversations with people they love or coworkers or their neighbors or themselves that looks at all the nuances of what toxicity looks like in a relationship and get the proper resource needed. So our campaigns, as they are across America and in a way that abusers cannot control what someone sees, we are also reaching the friends, family, and coworkers of people who they love who are experiencing that kind of abuse. And that's the the message that as we move forward in conveying one of the the things I think actually I'm so proud of is A, our collaboration because because organizations don't do this often within the domestic violence. They don't. I remember listening to a podcast when I first started Safe and Harm's Way and, and Ruth uh, from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence said the biggest problem we have is we don't collaborate enough across institutions, across organizations. And Ashley and I will are determined to continue that collaboration and we're also determined to keep talking about the feelings in different ways so that people, their family, their friends can offer the solutions needed with our resources and the resources we create with these campaigns. And that's going to keep unfolding and we'll add, continue to add nuances into that that address all the ugly tentacles of violence to capture more awareness and then get more people to act in order to seek safety and health because what we know unfortunately is their awareness of what they're living kind of is the the capstone of their relationship that might have lasted years maybe even months but decades too but now the hardest part after I liken it to you've lived through a battle and you are bloody and you are tired and worn out and they are chased in your armor and at that moment of the battle is when the real war starts because then you have to figure out how to escape and we know statistically that those three months of escape increase by 75% the chance that someone's going to be killed. So we have to have the whole community. While it's vital to have friends and family aware on this journey, so when that part of the warrior is so down that friends and family can come in, sweep in and offer the support needed to take the escape plan, the safety plan for the person, their children and their pets to the level that is more healthy than ever before. So, but yeah, and, and if we might, maybe this is a good time to talk about kind of that conversation we were having before we, we, we went live here, 
which is, you know, the goal of the campaign is obviously awareness um, of domestic violence, awareness of the resources. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about this idea of, you know, we, as a whole, it seems like all of us kind of agree in this, this sense of saying ending domestic violence isn't always, you know, we've, we've kind of had some reflection on this idea of ending domestic violence because um, Missy said it really well where she mentioned, you know, this is just, it's human nature that people are going to continue to do this to other humans. And so, you know, we look at this as more like the end goal being just awareness, right? To, to recognizing what abuse is so that empowering people to recognize what's happening to them because at that point then they can, you know, take that control of their lives, right? So we are at a minute, like we are counting down seconds here. And I know if we want to, if y'all want to come back and speak more, we can, but we're at the 30 minute mark. And I know we took up the entire time talking without even using a beat here. Uh, it's, it does not sound like that. Well, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's great. I'll let y'all have the platform. Like I said, I would. So, so, um, and all this being said, you can reach these fine women um, at their organizations and as together partnerships. You can go to domesticshelters.org um, and then you can always go to Safe and Harm's Way. You will see their campaigns. The last I'm sorry. And then also the other one is, say it again. Feeling-small. Yeah, feeling dash. Hey guys, I am, we are back. Sorry about the, the, you know, instant cutoff, but unfortunately every segment's 30 minutes. So what I was saying is, is you can reach these ladies at the, at their campaign pages or at their individual websites, uh, their organizations and all of these things. And I'll let them kind of give themselves shout outs right here in a second. But thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I'm so blessed to have you both here and you both can take it away and, and give people just a little bit of where they can find you, what they can do um, to look at your programs and everything that y'all got going on. Sure. Okay, I'll start on this. I'll start on this part first. Thank you, Misty, for having us. Thank you for for encouraging Ashley and I to be on your podcast. We're honored to be on something that is just creating such worldwide momentum for people navigating the toxicity and the feelings associated with with abusive relationships. So thank you for having us. One of the things that people can do, if you go, if if anyone goes to the Safe in Harm's Way media, social media on Facebook or on Instagram. On there, we have something that people can sign up for and download, which is every step that people can take to address their safety, from removing your information off the internet, to being able to document abuse in court admissible forms, to if you want to have a nice glass of wine on a Wednesday night. Um, we've got pretty much a, every service in addition to what you mentioned earlier in the podcast, the wheels of power and control. We have um, all the, the community sources that people can access. So you can go to any of our social media and immediately download that. You have all our services at safeandharmsway.org on the website itself. And I'll again give a shout out to the collaboration that Ashley and I bring to the table with um, thelastimsorry.com and with feeling-small.com which is 
responsibility for a website where you can give your specific information on how you identify and then find the next immediate and actionable step you can take in order to seek safety and healthy so uh, and, and stay healthy this is a pleasure to talk with you and it's a pleasure to of course be on my uh, partner in the best kind of crime which is disrupting complacency and how people view violence and I'll give that over to uh, the said person Ashley and let her close out her end as well fantastic well I just want to lead off by saying um, again thank you Misty for, for having having me and having both of us on today and and to both of you uh, Carolyn and Misty I just want to say thank you for being uh, I currently, I, I have not experienced domestic violence in my life, and so I am so grateful for survivors like you to be willing to, to invite me into this, this work, into this space, um, and I, I lean on you both so much for for understanding and for, um, you know, just really just more motivation too because you all are just you are just on it so i'm just i'm so grateful to be able to have have this space to spend with with both of you and and grateful for both of you for your friendship as well um and and to domesticshelters.org so um, i just want to kind of reiterate if anyone you know needs information about what they're experiencing just you know you can check out domesticshelters.org we kind of break it down by you know identify escape and heal from abuse um, so you can kind of understand wherever you're at uh, in your in your journey and your experience um, you know the information to help kind of make sense of what's going on Um, we also have a lot of resources for domestic violence professionals as well on the site Um, and just a really quick plug for anyone who is you know doing this work who is passionate about this work or knows somebody that is just making a huge difference um both misty and carolyn are well familiar with the purple ribbon award they have both been awarded uh purple ribbon awards um for their work and uh encourage anyone who uh wants to to nominate someone to visit purpleribbonawards.org the program is is open uh, for nominations january 1st through the end of february um, and we would love to to hear more about um, any work that's going on in the space. We have tons of categories, over 30 categories to choose from. So um, with that, I'll, I'll wrap it up with that. Um, you know, thank you again, Missy, for having having us on. Um, so grateful for the, the work that, um, you know, Carolyn has invited me to be a part of and, and so grateful to get to work with her on these fantastic campaigns. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So <clears throat> we'll shout out with... Um, I appreciate you both coming on. Um, I've known you two for quite a while now, and I'm very honored to have you both on the podcast and um, just very honored um, to do this type of work with you guys because I kind of feel like we're just all partners um, doing this type of work because of our voices and, and you know, um, getting the word out there and, and just being able to be in this space. I'm just just very overwhelmed and very honored um, to have you girls as friends. And um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Couldn't do it without you guys. Um, appreciate everyone who listens. And um, so I'll, I'll catch you on the next pod. Bye everyone. Bye.